Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I am Boyd Hilton. Psychic Josh is resplendent in his Soho house-like office in a grey hoodie. And he's trying to get better because he's, he's been a bit ill. He was so ill that he couldn't make it to probably the football game of the decade, if not our lifetime. Let's, let's not get carried away. One of the football games of the decade. Josh, how are you feeling? Yeah. Thanks, boys. Yeah, I, it's mixed feelings. I would say having having missed yesterday, um, obviously like in, incredible. Uh, would have just loved to be there, but yeah, slightly uh, under the weather, but um, improving. I would say, but yeah, I was trying to um, debate this. Well, not debate. We were having a discussion on one of my WhatsApp Arsenal groups where this ranked in the all-time Emirates games. Mm. Any yeah. early thoughts? I mean, people think about the Barcelona game, the five twos against Tottenham's, but. This sort of in the yeah. conversation, isn't it? We're talking top 10, top five. I, d- I don't know. What do you think? I think top five, yeah. I mean, there, there is recency bias, which I don't even know if that's a phrase, but that's what people say because we're yeah. thinking about the game that just happened literally less than 24 hours ago. But, I mean, it's up there. It's definitely up there. Tim, our, our, our other special guest, podcast stalwart, uh, Arsenal Supporters Trust stalwart as well, Tim Payton. Tim, early thoughts oh. on where it ranks? Rare ranks oh, in uh, very top. high in in the top five, and Ooh. I hope I was going to say I suspect, but I hope that it will go higher because I think it was a statement game as well. What I've yeah. noticed today, reading some of the match reports and from the number of kind of friends who support other teams who've contacted me, I think this is the game where the country has woken up. So perhaps what we've spotted over the last few weeks, that been a little bit nervous of declaring that this mm-hmm. team is the real deal. And this team, you know, is is transformative for Arsenal. A very good chance of winning the league. But whether they do or not, it's a team that's competing at the very top again and delivers matches like that and games like that. And some of the others that we go back to would more be one-offs for a good night, whereas yesterday was, I felt, much more 
symbolic of, of something going on. And I suspect we'll look back on it and see it as almost one of those key games when Arsenal were really back. So yeah. very, very high. Also, it was just, you know, the, the stadium was full, loud, the game mattered to get the late winner like that on a performance that deserved it. It had everything. It did have everything. I remember a few years ago on this podcast, Josh, I'm not, I, I don't want to be provocative, but I'm just going to say this is it just, just struck me. I remember saying week in, week out, you know, in the latter stages of the Arsene Wenger era, that all I wanted was some excitement, some thrills, something different. You know, we kind of descended into slight predictable football. It was all a bit tired. It was stale. And really, and people were saying, be careful what you wish for, you know, all that bullshit. Well, we've got it. We've got it. We've got the most dynamic, exciting. We play better football than Man City. You know, like I know yeah. there's a huge influence in Man City on, obviously, on our manager, on Arteta. But we are playing more exciting football than they play, I think, right now. You know, we're yeah. up there with the and Liverpool just... of the last few seasons. It's extra. It's incredible how good we are playing football and that man and that game yesterday as tim says it was just it just had everything and it had everything from our point of view that went right apart from the two goals we conceded which we'll talk about but it was just it's just we're we're in a dreamland aren't we yes i mean and to think boy if the board had listened to you Michael Arteta <laughs> wouldn't be in the job I mean you talk about being provocative my god don't get uh, I've got Alan Alga coming round in an hour to pick up his tickets for the Man City game and expecting that kind of conversation with him I thought I'd survived it without him uh, being here no I'm just joking I love Al desperately um, yeah. look you're right it, it, it's it's brilliant um, talking to many of the ex-Arsenal players just on a, a work level, as I do. I just mentioned before we started, I was doing some stuff with, with Manu Petit today, and we were reflecting that his Arsenal side of 1998, which was a great team, right? One that was probably the first team I got to really remember and love. They had 32 points after 19 games. We have 50. Wow. It is ludicrous, right? It is totally ludicrous. Mm. This is, pound for pound, the best Arsenal team of our lifetimes. And that is in- incredible to, to think that we are watching the most successful Arsenal team at the halfway stage and there's not, nothing given out for halfway. And if we pick up 20 points in the rest of the season, we're, we're not going to remember it in quite in quite the same way, are we? But it it is uh it is incredible. I know I wasn't there, obviously, for the for the atmosphere. The atmosphere has been getting better and better um, in recent weeks. Mm. We've got to credit the club. I want to hear more about what Tim thinks on that because I also saw some tweets that the club have been replacing flags that were a bit tattered. I think maybe Red Action had, had said something on that. So, um, yeah, it's hugely exciting. It, we are not, you know, coasting our way to fourth, which is what, you know, Many people got got sick and tired of with with a Hossen Wenger, and I agree with Tim. The number of people that messaged me, a couple of friends in America or Australia, who are a bit into their football, but there's you know can talk about football on a sort of generic level. Usually, are messaging mm. to be like, oh "My God, you know, Arsenal, Arsenal are the you know looking like they're going to be Premier League champions." The sort of people who probably sit down to watch four or five games a year, and it was and it was great, wasn't it? I thought back to the Arsenal United game of. 97-98 season where Arsenal won late on with a David Platt header when Arsenal and United were two of the top teams and it's been so long since we've had that so yeah it was a it was yeah. a glorious afternoon but thank God they didn't listen to you and Arteta's still there and we can enjoy <laughs> it. 
he never said Arteta out. I came close, I'll admit it. Oh, I mean, you know, we've been wrong about, we've all been wrong about loads of things, but Tim, 50 points, we've reached 50 points. But because Josh's point about that, you know, years ago is, is interesting, but 50 points in, and I think the Premier League is much tougher now than it was back then. You know, the, the game in, game out, week in, week out. You know, it is, it is extraordinary. Here's one. Let's not overdo this now. Let's save this for a future podcast. But if this team gets more points than the Invincible team, but has lost once, which is the greatest ever achievement? Well, they'd both be wonderful teams, wouldn't they? But that's going to be one that might keep us going for a, yeah. a few years. But it is, it's the best ever start by an Arsenal team for the first half of a season in the 120 yeah. plus year history, you know. It is extraordinary. Yeah, the the the, um, the Sky um, dude who does the post match interviews, what's his name? Um, he he said told Bukayo Saka that didn't he? He said that you know it's the best start, and he was like Saka looked suitably surprised and shocked. <laughs> he doesn't know how what we've been through, um, but I do feel like reflecting on. I think when you reach out my age, certainly I'm, I'm sure I'm the oldest among us. It's just you think of kind of. You think of great periods, you know, under George Graham, then under Arsene Wenger. But I'm almost more. I'm. I feel like the excitement level is reaching reaching a ridiculous peak because it feels like Arteta has almost more of a challenge, and yet he's meeting it with such kind of boldness. And it's weird to think, isn't it? Like I would say, barely a year to eighteen months ago. A lot of us, me, me, I'm I'm talking about myself mostly, will criticize him for him being a bit overly pragmatic sometimes and not brave enough in substitutions, you know, every now and then. And um, you know, sometimes he would pick, he would early days under his manager, I remember he would, you know, think a lot about the opposition and we he'd play a certain way against the big teams, be more confident that the, the the you know the less big teams, if you like. But now the, the his confidence as a manager feels like it's oozed throughout all the players. Mm. And they've all been swept up in his dynamism. And, you know, all of that, I'm rambling slightly, but him getting booked in the game yesterday and the, the his antics on the touchline, as Richard Keyes calls them. I feel actually, I've, I think I've changed my mind about them as well. And like, I feel like his whole persona and the way he conducts them from the sideline, it helps. Yeah. Quite a lot of that is chicken and egg, isn't it? Because yes. when you've got 50 points... You know, he could do anything on the touchline and you think <laughs> yes. it was wonderful because, of course, you get away with a lot or you've earned a lot or it's because of the antics that it's delivering. And I, I don't know, but obviously, mm. you you know, a lot of things that you wouldn't be sympathetic towards, you are because there are these wonderful results coming. But I, I was also doing some reflecting and I had a piece or, or an interview um, in The Times on Saturday where they asked me to sit down and think about what was going on at Arsenal. And oh, this yeah. reminded me that. a lot of George Graham. Yeah. Now, now, I think some of that's age, because what George Graham did was just at the age where Arsenal was becoming that huge thing in my life anyway. So perhaps the excitement overlapped. But I do think, you know, in the history of the club, that is the similarity. You know, things have got very stale, very low. A young new manager came in who hadn't really done it before. George Graham had done it briefly at Millwall, but really was unproven for the job he was coming into. Had some Arsenal DNA, perhaps a bit more, but went on this project, which was about turfing out the prima donnas, 
you know, Charlie Nicholas and Graham Ricks, Reed Meza Urza and Aubameyang now, and bringing yeah. in an incredibly talented mix of younger players and smart signings that swept up over a couple of years to winning the league. I think they're, I find much more of a comparison there with anything I can see in the Wenger years, which was slightly different, wasn't it? Wenger was a yeah. little bit more about extending the careers of who he inherited and, and definitely some brilliant signings there, but it's slightly different model. Um, but the thing I don't know, Josh, you're always very good on the stats. Has, we've had the one-offs like Leicester, but has anyone kind of moved from eighth to fifth to kind of leading in first place quite like this? It's, it's a relatively big shift, isn't it, in the mm. two seasons compared to what teams... Normally. Liverpool, Liverpool under Klopp, did they? They, I think they finished pretty low in his first season, didn't they? Yeah, they, they did. They were, they didn't qualify for Europe in his first it, season. Yeah. So I guess yeah. there are some comparisons there. And I think, you know, I did read another very good article a couple of days ago, which kind of suggested: look at how many games Liverpool and Chelsea have played in the last two years compared to how many Arsenal have played. And I thought that was a very interesting study. And I want, you know, something to keep an eye on over the next year or two, because I definitely think not being in Europe and then being only in the Europa League does give you a bit more breathing space. Chelsea are the example uh, of that, because they they did win the league in in 2015 to then come 10th in the year Leicester won it, to then come back and win it the following year. So there there is one example in in recent history. But that, that is obviously a huge anomaly. I suspect we are moving into an era now where you've got the sort of six or seven clubs dominating the wealth with amazing squads. And actually, you'll probably see a bit more fluctuation between them going, yeah. you know, going forward. So I do think kind of like, you know, if you get everything right at one of the big six, you can probably turn it around in a year to 18 months, whereas we thought it was going to take longer. But no one saw this, did we? None of us. No. saw this coming. Now the challenge in some ways is to move on from being incredibly good and talented, which is to being winners. And it's something you can look yeah. back at Arsene Wenger's period and, and actually, if you want to be hypercritical or even fairly critical, say that he came second too often with the, and, you know, and didn't almost didn't win the cup games or the battles with Fergie as much. What we haven't yet seen is Arteta in semi-finals and finals, and Arteta in the final six weeks, head-to-head with a pet and the media briefings and a different kind of pressure. And it's going to be brilliant fun and hopefully really enjoyable watching that over the next 18 months. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're right, Tim. I mean, you, you, these six or seven teams now you feel are uh, the ones that, that can win it. Leicester, you know, the freak anomaly of, of the seasons they had and, and so too... Um, Chelsea, um, but the the challenge Arsenal have, yeah, I almost worry. I was just discussing last night with Rosie. I was trying to justify why I felt I needed to have three Saturdays out of four in February, where I was devoted to trips to Everton, Leicester, and and Villa, and was decided. I was like, Rosie, you have to understand. This is my wife for context for anyone not listening um, or not familiar. This is a completely unique season. We have to go, have to go, mm. because we don't know if this happened again. And she was like, Well, if they do win this season. Are you still going to be as bothered to go? I was like, of course, you have to see if they can maintain well, it. Then it you know, be this is going to be the challenge. But I feel yeah. like my Arsenal life is in danger of peaking, right? Well, if we win the well, league this year. 
Yeah, but but it, no, it, it never. As someone is a little no. bit older than you, you knew, it doesn't. It doesn't peak, Josh, because you just decide that. Well, this year we won the league, so next year I want a double, or you know, we have got a holy grail of a Champions League. So don't don't worry, believe me, as someone and also you know, Champions chained League, to yeah, it right. for far too long. Yeah, but you also do make a good point about. You know, I used to say slightly tongue in cheek. You know, don't you know you've got to have the lows to enjoy the highs, almost to try and cheer people up through the sort of end of the Wenger period and some of what we've seen. But there is a bit of truth in that. And there were times, I don't know if you ever felt it, boy, there were times watching the Invincible type period where you went to some games at Highbury and it was so certain it was going to be a win that there was almost no edge to it. Um, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I, sure. I think that this title, part of the reason I feel that George Graham thing is for me, him building into 89 and that kind of crescendo. Mm. And then I know mm. he kept it going two years later. It was coming from such a low point in the mid 80s and relatively speaking, we've been in such a low point for sort of three or four years with, with the sense of, oh, we're just on a treadmill, we're not getting any better, where are we going? But to suddenly burst into life, I totally get why you want to do every road trip. But I feel this yeah. is different as well. And I think, I actually think that if we don't go on to win the league now, and I think the only, I, I think I, I think we've all realised now, I think like everyone, like not just Arsenal fans, but pundits, yeah, bookmakers, you know, as you said, the rest of the world. The rest of the world that, woken up. The rest of us woken up, but to the fact that I think we've we are, I, I feel like I myself have woken up to the fact that we're playing such good football and we're doing and we're playing so well. And we've got all the elements that we can easily go on to win this league. But equally, Manchester City could easily go on and put a run together of and win the league and beat us once, if not twice, in the league, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So both of those outcomes are really but what I feel is I think that if we come second to Man City, who, uh, you know, with that re- reminding people have got unlimited wealth, basically, backing them, right? Apart from, you know, financial fair play and the way, it was, we know the ways around that anyway. They, that, you know, their squad is, it costs way more than ours and all of that. And they've got the alleged best, you know, club manager in the world, all of that. I feel like, even though I'll be absolutely gutted, don't get me wrong, if we don't go on and win this thing now, because we're going, because we're doing so well, I think it's, uh, that's almost something bigger going on, which is that, which is back, going back to the football we play. And I think even more than the George Graham, because George Graham was the ultimate pragmatist. I mean, there were times when we got really, really boring under him. And, you know... It was a few years later. It was a few years time. later, yeah. He I mean, we, the winning. But I yeah, we, we, we played pretty dynamic football, you're right, most, most of the time under him. But this is on a different level, I think. Yeah. This is on like a super club level yeah. to me. You know, this is like, this is like, he's he's somehow, and the reason why it's really embarrassing to every question Arteta, because I think the job he's doing is just superhuman now. You know, in, in improving so many players, you think how well Eddie's playing and Xhaka's playing. And Odegaard's playing, and Bukayo Saka is like one of the. As I, I tweeted yesterday, is one of the best players in the world right now. I think all of that Zinchenko, the way they're playing football and their relentless positivity and energy, like when we went one 0 down yesterday, and all the players are like, "Come on, this is just the start of us." You know, of this game, we, we're gonna, we're gonna. Their, their, their like attitude and their confidence. I think it's, I think it's even more special than you know. What I felt at the beginning, I mean, I can't remember, you know, it's a long ago, but in, the, in, the, in that George Graham period, so to the point where I'm not going to blame them. I'm not going to feel like furious or with anyone if we don't go on to win this thing. And that's partly because none of us expected, of course. But 
I just feel like long term, he's he's turned us into an incredible team. And the only slight, you know, doubt is is the squad, you know. But we, we're buying players, you know. We've bought Trossard. We've got this uh, Polish defender on the way. who was at the game yesterday. We're interested in a couple of other players, I think. So I just think we have to think about that that performance yesterday. It, it, it was the way we, we did it. Yeah. I think what you're, what you're saying, Boyd, is we're back at the top table now. You know, yeah. and, you know, can we win it, which is obviously, you know, crowning the table, but we're definitely at that top table in it's fantastic to watch. They're big games when we meet the other big clubs and you get the feeling that the foundations are there for that lasting a while. Um, yeah. But football does move very, very quickly. You know, other clubs come after your players, long-term injuries come in, they get themselves arrested, you know, so enjoy it, savour it while it's there. Yeah. I, you know, I, do, I do feel that this is, as you know, a slight generational thing, um, because, partly because it's founded on such youth. I think, yeah, but that, that's, yeah, I think enjoy, enjoy it while enjoy the present. I feel like, like that message. I know it's it's a kind of slightly banal thing to say, but I really think I am enjoying the present. Like that game yesterday, and I think there were quite a few of us, and there were people in tears. Like I was welling up, you know, when that when that third goal went in, and um, you know, we didn't know it, it, it was like. It was another example of, you know, what do you think about um, VAR? The the horror of not knowing whether it was going to be given or not. And that seemed to take like ages. But then actually getting a chance to celebrate again when it, when the VAR was given. Um, it was just an unleashing of emotion that I think, you know, I haven't felt for years again. But it was like, there, I wasn't the only, I was like welling up. I managed, I think I managed to like, you know, because Dermot was taking a picture of me who we were sitting with. I was like, I'm going to try and maintain some level of dignity. But there were, you know, we are surrounded by slightly older people in club levels. And there were definitely people in tears. There are people in tears on the way back, tears of joy and happiness. It's that emotional, Josh. And I think, I don't know whether that's going for the younger generation for me, for which you represent them all, obviously. Um, but yeah, the, the, it was emotional. It was genuinely emotional that just the actual joy of seeing that performance. And I think it's all bound up in those kids are so likable. Sucker and Eddie are so likable. And um, Zinchenko is so inspirational. Zinchenko was going mad. He was like going crazy with his celebrations. Um, uh, all of them are like just phenomenal characters. It's the it's everything. It's the characters. It's the youth. It's the Hayland element. It's Arteta's magnetism and charisma, it's the way we play football. It's just all so brilliantly exciting that it is making grown men cry. Yeah, it's fascinating. And I feel delighted to take every, you know, take on the role of young person for everyone <laughs> aged sort of 35 and younger. <laughs> you talk about George Graham. We, we can all talk about, you know, the Arsene Wenger years, but 19 years now since we won a Premier League title, that means yeah. there is a huge amount of people in that stadium who have never seen Arsenal win a league or if they were alive don't remember it because who yeah. goes to a football game before they're six seven I don't know what the yeah. average age is for a first football game but that's a big amount of people and if you talk about the Ashburton army who I assume are predominantly quite young and are doing great things in terms of the atmosphere the the emotion you feel on kind of the familiarity of bringing back the feelings of Graham and Wenger and not even there with them. This is just pure anadelta. This is the first time that they have probably felt this um, sense of we are the best team in the country and it doesn't matter who we play, you know, we can go win. It's remarkable that we sit here with 16 league victories to think that 
you know, in, in the COVID, first COVID-affected season, we ended, you know, the, the Premier League uh, campaign with, uh, was it 14 wins as I sit here wow. now looking up? Yeah, 2019, and, and by 2014 the way, that, wins. These madness. And that defeat to Man United was, uh, we were unlucky in that game as well. We were unlucky, really unlucky in that game. Yeah. But if we're truthful... <laughs> You know, a bit fortunate at Leeds away, and you know, mm. there've been a couple of moments, you know, where we where we probably have, you know, um, you know, been a bit been a bit fortunate, but overall, um, remarkable. But you're right, it's the likability, so many stories. I think having a couple of homegrown players makes it very special. We've got a goalkeeper who arrived a year and a half ago as our number two, who, you know, somehow became the number one very very quickly. Um, and you know, everyone sort of fell in love. Um, we've got Granny Jacker, the you know, almost feels like a returning um <laughs> hero. We've got Thomas Partey, who feels like if there's one player you don't want to pull out of the, the team at the moment, it's him. You've got Martinelli, who's been loved really since his since the start of what has been a sort of stop and start Arsenal career because of the injuries he's had. And right now you have a striker who's delivered two goals yesterday in a game that we'll all remember forever, who much of the fan base probably didn't ever think this day would come um, at the moment. So, yeah, just everything sort of pieced together. I wonder how how important a role maybe the documentary played Mm -hmm. in in some ways of bringing to life a few of the people behind the scenes and, you know, Carlos Cuesta, the the coach, and these characters who maybe weren't as familiar Mm -hmm. to the fan base. So Handsome Carlos Cuesta. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Very handsome and young. He could speak on behalf of young people more authoritatively than (laughs) than Nike. He's younger than you. So there's just so many things that have gone away. The the outside of the stadium, which I I hope we can, you know, hear from from Tim about a bit. I know we touched on it last week. Um, There's a lot being done. Um, mm. To try and uh, improve everything um, around around the club, and it's and it's working. And don't the protests yeah, I mean, against the owners feel a while ago? Well, we should ask you that, Tim. I mean, obviously, I mean, I, I, you know, we have gone into the game itself too much, but everyone, knows, I mean, it's almost no point because everyone knows how every single moment of that game. Like, I'm sure every Arsenal fans watched back the entire game on Sky and on Match of the Day two and every other outlet. Um, but so, the, I mean, it is a point, isn't it, Tim? That can you think the club is being run pretty well right now, isn't it? I mean, what what more could they do than stick with Arteta, who's proven to be fantastic beyond their wildest dreams, having a coaching team that seems very, very smart and having um, pretty much invested in quite a lot of money, you know, in players. We missed out on Mudrick, but, you know, I think most fans probably think that would have been really, really expensive, although I did look really good for Chelsea when he came on. Um, but yeah, generally, it feels like the club's being run really well, doesn't it? I think it, from the point of view of like the London office or the London executive, there is a very, very good management team in place. I think Per Mertesecker is just as impressive as Arteta when you talk to him, when you see the work that has been done and the foundations, the really solid executive in Richard Garlic that's been brought in. You know, how much it's 100% wonderful judgment about how the latest transfers have run and how much there's a bit of luck. I think it's both. I think you make your own luck. You know, they streamlined things, I think, partly as a result of COVID to save some money and actually ended up streamlining in the right way and looking at what they've seen. So, um, and they have certainly since the Super League debacle, they have 
empowered the senior execs to, to act and listen a bit more to what supporters might like and what might work. So you've got to give that a thumbs up and you've got to be positive. We've also not got to, if you like, lower your guard on the big threat, Boyd. Remember that if the Cronkies had had their way, there wouldn't really be a Premier League in name for Arsenal to be top of at the moment, <laughs> yeah. you know, because they, they tried to kill it. They tried to, yeah. you know, they quit it or walked out to create this fixed Super League model. So, you know, don't kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater or rather be rounded in your view. Um, but yes, I would say particularly operationally and managerially, the way that London Arsenal office is being run at the moment is very good. Yeah, it, it it really is, isn't it? And I met Tim Lewis uh, the other week at the the unveiling of the new art, which, by the way, hasn't arrived on the, the stadium yet, has it? Doesn't they're, they're still. Um... I think they might have just started with some of it, but it's right. cold weather. Would you want to be pacing? No, it fair. Up? Oh yeah, I'm not blaming them. I'm not blaming them. <laughs> but he... boy, you you just can't wait to get outside and have the photo of you looking I mean, at yourself true. on the exterior of, of the course. stadium. Are you on it, Tim? Are you, are you? No. Do you know, I was asked to provide a photo and I didn't really quite know what they wanted it for and wasn't sure. And I said, oh, you need Akil, no. not me. Go and get Akil on it. So I didn't send a photo in, so I don't think I'm on it. You thought they were going to, like, track your existence and, like, you know, something kind of like send... this. And I was also like, I'm not sure I'm quite the right person. You need someone more, you know. I, I didn't realise it was such a big montage. Maybe when I look at it, I think, oh, I wish I was up in there now but no yeah. i didn't send my photo in no yeah, well you know you snooze you lose tim i think we've all had a valuable a valuable lesson boyd, um, boyd sent them five different options just to make sure we go on <laughs> no no steady um absolutely so we did we did we thought we were all going to be like part of like dermot's gang in the picture by the way like because there's like three or four of us that go to the games with Dermot and um but no we're all been split up we're all in different 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 um spaces but we'll see what happens with that let's take a quick break shall we and we'll talk we'll talk a little bit about the game and and you know I mean among the like 11 contenders for man of the match and the, the most glorious moments etc after this break think you know the Brooks ghost think again Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back from the break. I mean, I want to. I'll get, I want to get your. I mean, you watched it at home, Josh. Um, we were both there, Tim. Like favorite moments in a game full of incredible moments for an Arsenal fan. A couple I wanted to mention. One, there was an amazing Odegaard pass to Xhaka into the penalty area that he kind of rolled over the top of his boot and kind. Of, it was just like stunning. Um, just little pass of great beauty that showed how extraordinarily brilliant Odegaard is right now. The Zaka, Pakaya Saka's goal, I mean, 
and I banged on about this last week, so I'll try not to go on about it again and again. But my theory that he is like if he if he was like taller and if he if, I don't know if he looked a bit more like you know a traditional winger because he's got it feels like he's he's probably is taller than he actually looks. And if he wasn't so absolutely you know lovable by everyone, I think he I think he'd be even more acclaimed for being one of the best players in the world than he actually is already because he's relentless. I remember I, have, I was thinking of Theo actually. You know, my famous fans of this people listening to this podcast will know that I've always Theo Walcott has always been one of my favorite players, but. If I think of how often Theo would, you know, barely get an attack going, you know, in entire halves of football, not necessarily always to, always um, him to blame, but just the sheer relentlessness with which Bukayo Saka attacks with the ball, dribbles, goes inside or outside or whatever, and his shooting now is just brilliant. Like, he nearly scored a, an, an identical goal, didn't yeah, he? he did. Like, 15 minutes later, uh, he was really unlucky. He is just an astonishing talent and i don't think we've I, I i just feel like although we all love him and go on about him even even that isn't a claim enough and, and it's it's also the consistency isn't it yeah it's got three years of being arsenal's metronome i was thinking you know we just entered the year of the rabbit and it's like the duracell bunny but the energy and it just is barely a game where he's not on it and delivering something but the length of time to do that at his age and I think you can see a little bit more maturity coming in now with the shot selection yeah. and the playing. But it's quite extraordinary because I I do think you can go back kind of two years ago and almost see that Saka kept Arteta in a job, yeah. you, you know, single-handedly yeah. with some of the performances and results when things were flakier. And now he's still, I feel, the star man, if you particularly think about the sort of goal that was produced yesterday and the performance and how it forces teams to change the way they line up against us. Mm. And they don't know whether to stick or, or back off him now because he can do both. If you give him the space, he'll put the shot in. If you, you know, if you get tight, he'll go round you. It's extraordinary. Luke Shaw looked shell-shocked, didn't he? Um, yeah. uh, after yeah. the game. Josh, anything you saw it? Go on. His agent must be laughing every every day that they delayed his contract. I know. <laughs> and I know. That actually, when you when you do your God the future challenges for Arsenal, one of the future challenges is going to be you know keeping the wage bill manageable because they're all going to be coming in with big demands. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, Josh? That I think maybe the one. I mean, I'm still on best. Mo- I, I, I shouldn't go off. Finish your your favorite moments of the game, but uh, there was the Ramsdale save. I think it was from Marcus Rashford, wasn't it? Um, just incredible reflexes, um, you know. Like we 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 barely saw it live. Like I, I mean, I, I saw now that looked like a good save, and then I watched it back on Sky, and it was a fantastic save. What were your favourite moments watching it from TV due to your illness? Yeah, it was strange watching an Arsenal home league game. As I said before, I haven't done that live for for ages, and it, there are advantages to sort of covering the game. Although very quickly, I was thinking, God, how much I I wish I was there. I I, I was wondering because. Almost watching it on TV when that third goal went in, I didn't celebrate in a natural way. That's how I just immediately was just thought that there's a, an offside. And actually, if you watch back the live sky commentary, they're also not convinced. You know, that isn't a pure yeah. commentary of like yeah. moment. And Gary Neville within 15 seconds of the goal goes, Oh, I think we got to check here. It looks very tight. So the moment wasn't quite what yeah. it could be, but it, in the stadium, was it just pure relation or were you also a little bit like... No, there was definite doubt in the stadium yeah. 
Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I completely helped. And that's yeah. a shame, isn't it? That's another it a one shame. of these VAR moments. Yeah, it was a big shame. And I was looking at Arteta in particular, who was re- who literally didn't celebrate at all. He was like, he, he was immediately like, fuck, you know. I, I think that's partly driven by the way the United players put their hands up. But also, I was nervous because they kind of, even in the delay, they kept the ball in the penalty box, didn't they? Like, yeah. almost like they knew it was going to be yeah. an offside and you take, throw-ins I was I suppose I was also nervous because you're naturally pessimistic in a way you've seen a goal go in and oh my god but definitely Boyd in the stadium there were there wasn't wild celebration no. there was no. oh what are they going to do about that <laughs> yeah completely 100% yeah and then when and, and, and you know again the other side of AR when it was confirmed yeah. then we were we went demented yeah. and it was like it, it did, and, but it's, yeah. it's still you still won't knock me off my overall perch which is VAR destroys the spontaneity. Oh, I agree. I agree. In the, old it does. Days, in the old days, you went crazy. Perhaps you just looked up to check the linesman was running towards yes. the halfway line. And when you saw that he was, you knew that everything was fine. Whereas yes. there, but I do agree, I've never seen a, usually VAR kills it, whereas it almost felt like it elongated it. Yeah. Yeah, it really did. I think in I think in like five, ten years' time, I think this debate will probably be moot, and you know, ever you know, everyone have forgotten pre VAR days. It will be well, like, yes, you know, because it will be just become part yeah, of the, it, exactly. But you, it, but you, yeah, exactly. But you, but you yeah. live with. But I think the narrative of the game, to use that slightly pretentious word, was so um, thrilling because I felt particularly emotionally. I think maybe the, the the welling up and the crying thing came from the fact that I thought Saka's goal was so special. And fantastic that he deserved to be. We deserved to win because that goal was phenomenal. I know Rashford's first goal was really good. He was he was brilliant um, in that the way he took that goal. But you just I thought it would be really even though I think a lot of us I I remember saying we you know in our pre match lunch we'll, I'd set for a draw. We had that debate. Would you set for a draw? And but once once that's particularly once Saka scored that goal because it was so special and we were playing so well. I would thought we would be robbed if we didn't get the win in the end. So that made the 90th minute VAR suspect suspect goal such a release of tension and really you know in a way VAR contributed to that unleashing of extraordinary emotion it really did josh yeah yeah it it looked magnificent you know when when eddie starts doing the the fist clenching when the goal you know is awarded yeah it was uh yeah it it was special i did think maybe ramsell a bit fortunate that we yeah you know didn't end up drawing because he didn't shine i think there are a couple of for that martinez moment but he did obviously make up with it with a you know an outstanding save and you know we all love him so we won't dwell on that he had a couple of rash moments well without wanting to do we should let's acknowledge some of the few little flaws which added again like party we i mean alan Algar mentioned last week that you know party has the odd moment that can contribute to an attack and he you know he he had a mislaid pass that was, you know, ended up pretty much in a goal. And certainly the way, I mean, you know, Rashford and him, Rashford managed to get the ball around him in an extraordinary way due to the skill of Rashford. But he definitely had a dodgy moment. But he was so brilliant, as he is, has been, for the rest of the game, that I feel like it's not, you know, you can't really hold that against him. Same with Ramsdale with that, with him failing to, you know, he should either catch it or punch it for He was like... It, it kind of like didn't really seem to make the decision properly either way. Um, and I would say if we're being hypercritical, is there one player maybe? I mean, Ben White was taken off at half time, right? Yeah, um, I wondered if he might have been a bit like Josh, a bit under the weather because it, it didn't yeah. perform. He didn't, he didn't have it. He, he, he didn't, he was booked. 
Um, he didn't. He did seem under the weather. Yeah, maybe he had the Josh, the Josh illness, the Landy family illness. Um, and then the one other, but again, you know, Tommy Asu did really well when he came on when he got into the game, and that felt like a genius decision by Arteta because you know he, he did he did very well. And finally, maybe Martinelli slightly disappointing. Maybe out of all out of all the the young players we love, out of that brilliant attack. I would, if you're really being harsh, but it's almost like I sometimes wonder with Martinelli right now whether because the attacks, because it's so tempting to give Saka the ball, because you know he will deliver something. And that the, I think defenders are more scared of him somehow now than Martinelli. I just, uh, you know, so I feel like he doesn't get the ball quite as much as Bukayo does. And he was taken off and, and Trossard came on. But I did think that I think he's sl- having a. Tiny, tiny, slightly little moment of not the best form. Am I being harsh? No, I think you're. I think you're being fair. I think he does put a lot of defensive work in. He does. He works hard for the team, and there might be a certain balance going on there with what's happening on the other flank. I, I agree with you. If there, there is a, I suppose a, a dip or, or yeah, but how much is it that Saka is producing so much of the excitement? Yeah, and there's yeah. not much there. But yeah, I, I, I certainly see the point that you're making and certainly and you know you know you know slightly edging us forward there's a really interesting call about friday yeah then, oh yeah we will get to in that. A month, and then in a month's time some really interesting bigger calls which is yeah. you know how much do you say this team is great and throw them at free competitions or how much do you to a certain extent say there might never be an opportunity you know opportunities like this don't come along every 19 years so yeah. yes. how much do you focus i just have this slightly i don't know if it's cynical or um or, or or view of friday which is i think that both pep and mikhail arteta might say after you you win it no you win it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, i know what you, you mean keep, you keep your you start having games postponed for you know round of six and quarterfinals and, and, and have another distraction um it was going to be fascinating to see the team selections mm. and the approach by both managers on friday it will. You've you have driven us to this to the to discuss this game on Friday. I just want to quickly, but we will in a sec. I just want to quickly mention Josh. The one of the images, a couple more images of the day were the Zinchenko heat map of you know. Have you seen that? Where he's literally over every in every single part Everywhere. of the pitch. <laughs> it's like comical. I thought when I first saw it. I don't know if you've seen it, Josh. When I first saw it, I thought it was a joke. I thought someone had done it. It was like one of those heat map jokes and just literally done a dot of him every single yard of the pitch. But he is literally like that. And every, I, I, I talked about it last week, but he is just and his attitude. Like after the game, his. His, how thrilled he is! He talked to in the post-match interviews about how you got to remember these moments. He doesn't, you know, he's going to watch it again before he goes to bed and all that. I just love him so much, Josh. I think he's he's just just uh, try not to use incre- use the word incredible again. Unique, and I can't believe that City let him go, let him come to well, us. Well, thing is, you know, we've got to look at Manchester City. They won four of the last five Premier League titles. I know, I, and and Pep does mix mix it up and. He decided he was surplus requirements, and it was one of them that, that worked for both parties. I think it's obvious to think now: is it something Manchester City regret because Arsenal have come out and been by distance their big challengers for the title this season? But you know, at the time, I, I don't think you could sort of fault Man City for feeling he was, you know, perhaps one that they were able to move on. But yeah, he yeah. is. He is absolutely lovable, isn't he? Yeah. Um, he is lovable. Yeah. What do you think about the the likely team we'll we'll put out then at, on Friday night? It's a very good question. Um, 
I think despite Tim's um, Tim's um, idea that they might both kind of, I, I guess the logical conclusion of the idea they might go, well, you, you know, you win it, you win this, you take this cup competition and distract yourself with it. I think both managers will play a really strong team. I mean, I think Arteta will go for it more than Pep. Do you? I think, but th- but that even if you're right, the Man right. the Man City squad is so strong. Well, that even if Pep doesn't in quotes, right, go for that's, it. He's still got eleven, you know, internationals worth one billion or whatever. Whereas our not, different, which is a slightly yeah. different point, Boyd. But I take your point that you end up with an outcome that right. You know, if Pep goes for his second team, it's still an incredibly good team yeah. that potentially could knock a two-thirds full-strength Arsenal team out. Um, yes, it could. It could. It, it could. I said two-thirds. It could. Clearly, it wouldn't knock a full-strength Arsenal team playing well at the moment out, or you hope not. But it, it will be really interesting. Do you know, this is, there's no replay, is there? So we get a result on Friday night. Is there no replay? What, in the, no. From this round onwards? Because there were replays in the there? last round. Well, there or are replays there? in the last round. I think there might be replays. Oh, it's just the last... Should know this. Yeah, we should know this, yeah. It, it, this, it, this, no, this is the fourth round, which historically would still have the replay, but I wondered yeah. if for the World Cup. Because there must be a very good chance of a replay, if you think, you know, the teams and the squads, which would be an extraordinary number, which would create a sort of new rivalry, wouldn't it? Includes there the are replays. Round. Yeah, there are replays. Yeah, this yeah. is the last round we'll, we'll have yeah. a replay. So it could yeah. happen. Could bring I them think, back to the Emirates. I think, I think the team selection is going to be also be affected by the fact that we then play them twice more in the season. In fact, you know, play them in a couple of weeks on February the 15th. You don't want to lose this, you don't want to lose this one. It's yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think that. momentum and psychology, because I don't think Arteta won't pick, even if uh, our weaker team, if you like, will be what, three or four changes maybe. And and, and those will be... Much more than that, otherwise he sacrifices. Exactly, it. exactly. So, and they will be people like Emil Smith-Rowe, maybe, Trossard maybe for Martinelli, you know, a um, couple of others, one or two. Tierney. Tierney, yeah, Tierney, exactly, yeah. That and that'll be about it. Whereas Man Man City, you know, they, they could play another selection of their incredibly good players. What? And so I think it's fast. It's just a fascinating little moment, isn't it, for both of them? Whether you know that cliche that it's one game at a time and you don't think ahead, but really, they must be thinking ahead because it's stupid not to think ahead to the fact that they've got they're playing each other again uh, two weeks later. Yeah. It's also a weird schedule, isn't it? Look, it's, I find it odd. I don't really know why we didn't play a midweek game last week when most. Premier League teams did, and and we play on Friday in the FA Cup, and then we've got more than a week to prepare for the next game, yeah. which is what Brentford well, that, at home. That, so that hearts. affects it as well, because if we, if if the cup game meant we were playing two games a week, then you would rest more players. Yeah. But I don't see why we should, for fear of getting well, them getting it, knackered. They've got a massive break afterwards. It's not it's not the get knackered with the game void. It's the fact that after this round, you start postponing Premier League games. Because you start going, sure. schedule. Sure. so it's the impact on the fixture list rather right. than. I agree with you, and certainly from Arsenal's point of view, you know, at the moment the fixture list is running very nicely once a week, um, yeah. and it does show um, how right it was to play those strong teams in the Europa League to avoid yeah. the double, the, the yes. extra game. Because Manchester United are about to go into a head-to-head in the playoffs, with Barcelona yeah. now. I think wow. we. We knocked Manchester United out of being a threat last night, but you know they don't need yeah. that on top of what they're trying to deal with. Um, but yeah, that, guess... would be, that would be the thought process, Boyd. If you progress yes. in the FA Cup, you really start to mess up 
your Saturday Premier League schedule. That's true. So what would you do? What would you do yourself if you if you were Arteta? I think on balance, I think you tend to I do believe in the adage that winning is infectious about yeah. confidence and getting one over on City. I also think that we can manage things because let's face it, the Europa League, if you're not sure you don't play your best team or you're injured player because you, you really enter the Europa League to qualify for the Champions League. I think 50 points after 19 games, you can be fairly confident that the Champions League is coming through the Premier League format. So I that's my long-winded way of saying I would go for it on Friday night because I think the... The symbolic thing of getting a result over City would only add to that feeling of what can be achieved this year. But when you say go for it, do you mean literally with the A-team completely? Yes, pretty much. Unless there's a knock that we don't know about or something in that and they're monitoring in training. But if they are fit and healthy, I wouldn't change anything because I think at the moment, keep the cohesiveness, keep them on the roll, they're enjoying playing. And remembering those two games coming, I feel we only need well, one point, one point out of the two games would probably be enough, but two points out of the two games would be amazing. In the league games, yeah. Josh, do you agree with him? Would you would you go full on, full strength? I'd go pretty full strength. I also can't help but think this team, in the form they're in, want to go and have a go at Man City. Yeah, exactly. This is the hardest game, mm. Man, Man City away. Um, they... We don't have the League Cup, right? The Europa League is coming, but not for another six six weeks. We've got, we got a bit of time. Like you said, Boyd, it's an eight-day gap before the trip to Goodison Park, who will presumably Everton be under a new manager um, by then. I think Arsenal want to go and prove they can go toe-to-toe with Man City because that's been the argument. You watch Neville and Keane on Sky after the coverage yesterday, and they're still going, oh, but... We're still Batman C. Arsenal still got to go and play them twice. It would mean nothing, obviously, in terms of the league, if Arsenal go and beat Manchester City in the FA Cup. But it might just start, you know, turning ever more, a few more minds in in the direction of Arsenal being able to pull this I'm, off. So I, I agree with I you. Think, um, yeah, I think there will be. I mean, let's not forget he went much stronger than we expected against yeah. Oxford. Yeah, yes, he did. Yeah, and it was still I, Eddie up front, who he's got to rely on every game. There was yeah. still a splattering. Yes, subs came on and made it made a difference. But um, yeah, mm. I, I think it be it will be a pretty strong side. But let's see. I, and we're taking seven and a half thousand fans up there, including you. So um, um, I'm no, I don't think I am going at the moment. Oh, okay. Um, I'm saving myself for the trips to Everton, Leicester, and uh, and Villa in February. So um. Yeah, I agree with both. I agree with both of what you said about playing the, the the full strength team. All I'd say, I'm slightly like I feel like you know when you play the same team two or three times in quick succession. I, I feel like I want to. The most important one is so obviously the league. Part of me wants to kind of like reserve our you know reserve our energy for that. But equally, it would be brilliant to beat them in the in the FA Cup. I do think I do think the kind of you know maintaining the momentum thing is really important. So yeah, I think what and. We should have predictions. Before predictions, a couple of things I wanted to mention as well that were really exciting. Uh, some things are really exciting. One thing to think about. Trossard looked really good, didn't he? In his little, you know, cameo coming on. Very fast. You know, another one. It feels like he's joining our ever-expanding gang of pacey 
um, wide upfront players who can dribble. Um, so that uh, that looked exciting. Um, and apparently, we're, we're Jacob Kiwior. Did you see Josh? He was in the stand. Was he? He, yesterday? he, he was in the stands. Arteta wouldn't be drawn on talking about him in the post-match conference until he said everything was done. But it's a pretty hard, it's a pretty line big to statement. Take. Yeah. To yeah. put him in the stands, yeah. Just hope he didn't get, get get on the um, district line to Stamford Bridge after the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. hope so. So that's um, that's coming. And then there was some chat um, today, wasn't there, about Fresnadar, a, a young yeah. right uh, Spanish uh, fullback from Valladolid. So um, looks, but that even if that one comes off, then seemingly he'll he'll go yeah. back on loan for the rest of the season. So um, one for next year. So and I uh, wanted to mention. Yeah. It's before the price doubles because they see the champions arriving. I mean, that's true, yeah. That's I also want to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to mention um, uh, Jesus, who came, who was there at the game and came on to celebrate. Did you see the video of him celebrating with all the players? It was so brilliant, I think, as well. And also, he looked quite fit. He was running around, you know, jumping in at them. And I was like, well, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, was, he didn't seem to have a care in the world when it came to celebrating that game. I mean, I love him and everything. It was heartwarming to see, you know, that almost made me, made me cry all over again. The fact, how, how what brilliant, that just that togetherness. They seem genuinely like to love each other, this this gang of players. It seemed another, and how brilliant is it to see, by the way, you watching on TV, Josh, I can't, I'm banging on about it all over again, but people like Roy Keane and Gary Neville having to admit how brilliant we are at the moment. Like Roy Neville comparing, he compared um, Eddie to Ian Wright at one point, like semi-reluctant. Yeah. I was, well, you've done it now. You said it now. It's too late. You can't take it back. Um, but to see the pundits all, all in agreeing of how fan- fantastic we are. And think about what well, it must be like for a Spurs fan right now. You know, they're about to play on TV, Fulham away. You know, that just everything, they're just, it must be excruciating. Because I think what's happened almost completely nullifies the fact that they've, been, they've finished ahead of us in the league for the last yeah. however many years. Because we're that's so the good. Thing. Yeah. They've done six years of finishing above us, but it's not like they went on and won a title in that period. Yeah. yeah. They get to a European Champions League final, which is no mean feat, but they didn't go on and win it. Oh. So even in this six-year period yeah. of, of having Pochettino, one of the most brilliantly capable managers, of feeling like Mourinho coming in was going to be it, of now this kind of situation with Conte's miserable outlook. Yeah. And did you see... And, on, and on... all for what? All for right. what? That Arsenal have come round... And now exactly. look like the title challenges. So, did you on match on. the day? Your your mate Martin Keown. I, I thought yes. it was interesting. He he made the point that about Pep's press conference in the week, and I think he was right. He said how Pep said he was jealous of Arsenal, and I think Pep did say that. And um, what's his Mark Chap- Chappers, who I love, he's brilliant. But he went. He didn't say that. He didn't say they were just. I think he actually did say that because he had a long rambling post match interview and a long rambling press conference. Basically, he was kind of saying, "I'm jealous of the fact that Arsenal have got this freshness and this vigor and this." Energy. Energy. Yeah, because yeah. absolutely, yeah, hunger, hunger, way, yeah, which you which you can only create by having had a mixture of eighteen years, nineteen years in your fan base, and a young squad largely that haven't done it. Yeah, and so, yeah. yeah, and wouldn't it be a nice problem if in two or three years' time, Mikel has to think about how he keeps his squad hungry? Yeah, yeah completely. But but that is yeah, I can totally totally see that, and it, another reason for kind of optimism is I think that Pep's real hunger is for the Champions League. Exactly. And when he gets big calls in March and April this year about which game to go for, you just feel that deep down, you know, the one that really matters to him. Whereas for Arsenal, there's nothing that matters like a first title in 19 years. Yeah. 
Josh? Yeah, I was going to say, Boyd, we, it looks like we have now officially signed QEO. Oh, the brilliant. Arsenal have tweeted while we've been recording this oh, podcast. So we have the Polish, the Polish international has joined. Fantastic. And he costs like, what, 20 million? So it's not, you know, it's not a... It's not like a completely nothing transfer. It seems, you know. Do, do we? Does he come into the squad, or is this one that goes out on loan? That's a good question. I feel like twenty. I feel like you think he would come into the squad, maybe. You know, maybe Rob Holding facing a uh, facing competition when we when we're bringing him on in the last five minutes to defend the lead or whatever. You know, maybe he'll get that challenge. Who knows? We should probably wrap it up there, Tim. Yeah. We should do our predictions. What do you think will happen in the FA Cup? I think I City. just have a feeling that there is this big rivalry, dynasty type rivalry building up with Manchester City. So I have a feeling there will be a replay to give us four games against City in four yeah. weeks or whatever it will be. So I'm going to go for one all. Yeah, I agree. It'll be a draw. I think it's going to be two all. I think, by the way, I got my, I think I predicted 3 2 to Arsenal last week. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I did. Um, someone tweeted me, I think, saying that I did. So it must be true. So I think I deserve extra acclaim for that. Josh, can you hear us? Can you? Can we hear you? Do you have a prediction? Oh, there you are. I can see you again. What is your prediction for Friday? One all. Back to the Emirates. All, all, we're all predicting a draw. Yeah, we're all predicting a draw. Brilliant. Well, we... Go on. Sorry, Tim. No, I was just going to say to Josh, yeah, it, does, it feels like there's going to be some big epic rivalry with City, and that includes two games in the FA Cup. I also, but I'm just looking at the, my TV and I'm watching um, on on Monday Night Football on Sky. They're um, they're reanalyzing the Arsenal performance before the Spurs game, which <laughs> must, be, must be particularly painful for Spurs having to sit through more acclaim for Arsenal. Anyway, Jim, it's been brilliant having you on as ever, and we'll be back next week. Cheers, bye. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.